0: One more time, can we honor and thank God for our pastors? It's an honor to do this with you. And so we're going to do a live session of Ask Pastor. And if you didn't get a chance to check out the Christmas episode on YouTube, what are you waiting for? Because this man surprised all of us by revealing that he works out to the P.F. Chang's soundtrack. As the kids were say, it smacks. <laughs> That's crazy. That's crazy. How was your Christmas, Pastor?
1: It's all about the kids. I don't know how your house looks. My house looks like a hurricane went through it. You know, there's toys everywhere. There's stuff everywhere, but we love it. Well, my wife loves it more than I do. It's all about the kids, you know. So thank God for these little ones.
0: <laughs> Did you have some of your mom's famous octopus stew? Absolutely. There you go.
1: Shout out to mom. I don't know if she's here today, but um, my mom, next to my wife, I have to say that so I don't get in trouble. <laughs> best cook ever. You know, it's, it's a tie between my mom and my wife. Okay. You know? Okay. But octopus. My mom's octopus is the best octopus. I've never yeah. had it.
0: I don't know if I ever will. This I don't think crazy. you crazy. <laughs> I'm very picky when it comes to food.
1: Yeah, I know, Dre. I don't...
0: <laughs> That's crazy. It's crazy how fast this year has flown by. We're already in, going into 2024. It's literally insane. And if you could pick a couple of key moments that were your favorite from this past year, what would they be?
1: Oh, in terms of church, I think about, I love church in a park. Uh, I thought that was a highlight yeah. for sure. Yeah. Being able to take this to a park and, and Worship Jesus freely in the park and then being able to baptize people at the beach at the beach. That was amazing um, Yeah, that was definitely one of the highlights for me.
0: That's awesome for me It has to be Soko youth going up to New Hampshire and just going crazy We had our summer camp up in New Hampshire and shout out to Tim and Sasha Jordan and Kim for leading the way with the youth team It was phenomenal God is doing amazing things with our young people
1: and Parents, 2024, the youth ministry is moving to Thursday nights. Just FYI, Thursday nights. Yeah, make sure you mark your calendars. How have you grown personally this year?
0: And how have you seen the church grow as a whole?
1: I think 2023 was a year of slowing down. Um, I think I talked about it when I did the talk, Make Boring Great Again. I really think that there's a lot to that. I know for me, God's been slowing me down. Uh, It's not about you know, how much stuff you have going on. But it's about being aware of him and what he's already doing in you and around you. I think sometimes we can get caught up on, you know, all the noise and all the activities. But forsake the presence. So for me it's been about slowing down, which has been a challenge because I like to go. I want more vision. I want to do more. And God's saying, Oh, we're gonna slow it down. You know, we're gonna take care of what's in front of us and we're gonna be more present. I think that's a big word for me, being present uh, with what I have right in front of me. Whether it's this conversation right now, I wanna be fully present. We talk about this all the time one on one. Be present with the kids, be present with the family, be present with the church community. So it's all about slowing down. Make, so if I'm running for president, my slogan is make boring great again. There you go,
0: there you go. Now is it hard for you naturally to be present?
1: Yes, it is. I I think that there's always stuff going on up here, right? There's always another thing to accomplish. There's always another email to answer. There's always another crisis in the church. When you have this many people, more people, more blessings, right? Um, So there's always something going on. So you have to fight to be present. It doesn't just happen. And then obviously we live in a day and age where now we're bombarded with so much, so much noise. And one of the best things I've done is, I I now have zero social media. I eliminated all of it. I let you guys take care of the church take media, and uh, it's been the best thing to just not just slow down, but also to cut down the noise as far as what's coming in. So that's been a huge blessing. It's funny.
0: He really doesn't have social media. He'll Google us and screenshot and be like, "Is this us posting?" <laughs> So if you DM us, it's not Pastor Marco. It's the team that we have. Yeah. That's funny. That's funny. Were you gonna say something else? No. Oh, okay. And so another question I had is, so make boring great again. That came out of your sabbatical, yes. where this is the first time where you and Pastor Lindsey took a whole month and just rested, relaxed. What was that experience like for you?
1: Man, it was it was great. It was it was hard at first because we've never done that before, and um, you know, I was ordained. As a pastor in 2004, so I'm coming up on 20 years in ministry, and 10 years obviously here when we planted this, Um, so we've never done that that before, and believe it or not, the first couple of weeks I struggled, because it was like, what do I do, you know, you're always doing something, so I was driving my wife crazy, because I was restless, so I had to like, just really buy into the slowdown rhythm and then after that two and a half weeks then I started to catch a rhythm of like just just be mm. be still and know that I'm God so it ended up being a good thing um, the blessing in disguise was I broke my rib so that really helped me slow down <laughs> God knew like he had to do something like hey let me allow him to break his ribs so he can really sit and slow down mm-hmm. so the, the breaking of the ribs was actually a blessing because I had to really slow down just let, heal but healing was happening, not just physically, but emotionally and spiritually, um, that I hope to do that again soon because it was a blessing, not just to me, but also to, to my wife as well, to be able to just be and, and not be so consumed with everything that goes on. And also the beauty of that is we have a church that really stepped up and handled that month really well. Right. Um, so shout out to our leadership team for doing that just a reminder that we're none of us are the savior absolutely you know we can all rest in him so yeah
0: and what are some ways that we can have you know a sabbath regularly in our lifestyle and implement that into a routine
1: so one of the things we worked on for this coming year is we worked on a church calendar for the 2024 and we've eliminated majority of the weekend friday and saturday activities on purpose because we want to encourage you as a family to practice the sabbath from Friday sundown to to Saturday sundown. It's a great time to just be and to just... I would encourage you, like, listen, unplug from all social media, from really all electronic spirit and just be. My wife and I have been doing this with our kids and they love it, actually. where Now they look forward to it. They ask me, when are we going to Sabbath again where we just, just shut it down, play board games, listen to worship music and, and just make a day out of it. I, I want to encourage all of us to practice the Sabbath like so crazy that God would command us to rest that shouldn't be a commandment but God's like you knuckleheads I need to like command you to rest um, and so I want to encourage us in 2024 to just learn to rest in God and learn to appreciate not just him but appreciate those around you the loved ones that he has blessed you with so I hope we slow down in 2024 absolutely and like you
0: always say it works if you work it You can know, oh, I need to take a Sabbath. But if you're not actually taking that time to unplug and plug into God and the people that he's placed around you, nothing's going to change. I always say
1: we're not human doings. We're human beings. And we have to learn to be. And the more we learn to be, the more we'll be able to to do the things that we need to do well. A lot of times, if you're being, you're doing with flow. The problem is we put the doing before the being, and we end up jacking up everything. But I think the more we can learn to be the more productive we're gonna be. I find that fascinating that when I start my day with God, I'm more productive. And sometimes I try to be busy, I feel like I don't accomplish as much if I don't start with Him first. You know, so
0: being overdoing. No, that's good. And so the focus for this year was to be, have a, a year of discipleship. And at the beginning of the year, you laid out what it looks like for us to focus on this year, where it was coming every Sunday, you know, being a part of cruise, join the mission, pray first. And sometimes you can get so focused on doing things religiously that you miss the heart of it and you miss God in it. And it's almost like you look to the routine instead of looking to Jesus. And something that you always say is, there is no silver bullet when it comes to following Jesus. What does that mean? And how does that play into being
1: a disciple of Jesus? Well, I think that we all want that Thing that's gonna solve everything, right? We've all been suckers of like the latest diet. I don't know, have, have anybody been? My wife makes fun of me because when we first got married, I bought this contraption that's supposed to give you abs. <laughs> and, and so she, I would sit there on my couch, I put this thing on, watching TV. I'm like, I'm gonna get abs. She's like, you idiot, you're never gonna get abs. I was like, I'm going to get abs. Um, and How was long right. did you do that for? Uh, a while. <laughs> but that's the problem. I was just doing that, expecting to get abs. And the truth is, it's not, it's not one or two things, right? Everything that God gives us, I, I call them tools in the toolbox, right? All of it is a means of grace that he's given us to equip us to follow him and to stay the course. And so we cannot fall in love with this idea of a silver bullet. Like, this thing is going to be it there's no such thing I think first of all this journey is a long obedience in the same direction right it's about consistency right it's about showing up every day and continue to put yourself in a position to hear from him and continue to apply the disciplines daily right Psalms 1 is one of my favorite psalm because he talks about that that power of repetition right that you're blessed when you're repeating the things worth repeating right and you're blessed when you learn to subtract in order to add to your life. And you, we heard that testimony tonight, right? Some people saying like God had to remove some people. And I think that's part of the process, right? It's to allow the Holy Spirit to come into your life, but also to implement those disciplines. I, I like to call them holy habits better than disciplines because sometimes the word discipline may sound like it's, it's this tough thing to do. But the reality is the more you repeat something, the more it becomes part of you. So I think it's about taking advantage of all the tools in the toolbox. Like prayer is a tool, fasting is a tool, the word is a tool, community is a tool, right? So when I put all those things together, then it empowers me for the journey ahead of me, but there's no silver bullet because Jesus was honest. He said, in this world, you're gonna have troubles, Like We're not looking for an equation. We're looking for the Lord. Mm. That's why I love revelation over resolution. Because I want to hear his heart and I want to know what he's leading me into, not my idea. Right? The Bible says, trust in the Lord with all your heart, lean not in your own understanding, in all your ways acknowledging, then he will make your path straight. Right? And the Bible also says that if I delight myself in the Lord, then he will give me the desires of my heart. Right? So I think it's about laying out my day to day in front of him and not be the one to dictate my pace. Another testimony we heard today, the guy said that it's God first. right? We say that a lot, but do we mean it? Mm. We don't mean it unless it reflects on our calendar and how we're spending our day that says, I'm really putting God first. And God honors those who put him first. Absolutely, and I love during prayer and fasting
0: last year, you said, do we just want what God can do for us, or do we want God himself? And I love that you just said that verse because the true desires of all of our hearts is for God and only what he can provide. You may think you want money, but what you really want is security, only Jesus can give that. You may think you want love, but only Jesus can truly give you the love that we're all looking for.
1: And I I think that he he is faithful to himself, right? That he's gonna test you to know, are you really for real when you say you want me first? And a lot of people lose the battle because they never really get to that place of realizing that it wasn't God that I wanted, I just wanted what he can do for me. And I see that a lot in the church. People get baptized, right, and then they lose focus because something didn't go their way. Now realizing that you're in a warfare that is trying to remove God from His rightful place in your life. And so you have to contend for that. You have to fight for that reality that God is the number one priority in my life. And that no matter what comes my way, I cannot allow anything to get the best of me. Now we're going to have moments, right? We're all going to have stumbling blocks in in situations. But hopefully you wake up to that reality that God has to be first. But it won't happen if I don't have these personal these disciplines that I implement that allows me to really hear from Him and also it helps me to understand when I'm drifting away from that reality. What we have to be careful with is the fact that nowadays it's easier to follow the idea of a God that pleases me than to actually follow the God that wants me to please Him. Right. And I think that's where the rubber meets the road. Most people are just in it for themselves But then when they get tested, they don't realize, wow, this God wanted me for him all along, right? Heaven and earth will pass away, but his word will remain. And so I have to be careful to not fall into this trap of a God that I created that only pleases me, but I don't please him. And isn't it crazy that God
0: really wants us to truly enjoy life? Like we really don't believe that sometimes, where sin will never bring
1: joy, obedience brings joy. Because we're, we're surrounded by false joy. Right? We're surrounded by all these things that has a lot of promises but doesn't deliver. Right? Why do we have so much addiction in our society? It's because we believe that this thing is going to bring me freedom. It's going to bring me joy. It's going to bring me happiness. You know, I was laughing earlier today. Not laughing in a, in a good way, but it just kind of broke my heart at the same time because I was walking through a store. I'm seeing people prepping for tonight. right? And how do they do that? By buying alcohol. You know what I mean? And thinking like, this is going to be the best night of my life. But it's like, it's just a night, right? (laughs) you know know what I mean? You're gonna wake up with a lot of regrets or regrets, depending on how you spend it, you know? But I wanna be able to enjoy life and have as least regrets as possible because I'm doing it with the one that created me in the first place. So the joy of the Lord is my strength when God truly is the one that gives me what I'm looking for. Absolutely.
0: And we saw that clearly by going through the book
1: of Romans where
0: Paul brings us on this journey and he's not just speaking, he's writing from his life where he went through some very hard times but he talked about this like, no, I can go through hard times but because I'm with the one that truly gives me joy, I can have joy in every circumstance.
1: But, you know, when we did Romans, the goal was to see the similarities between the first century and where we are today. If If you study... That culture, it's not that different. You know, we, we live in a culture right now where we have so many ways to approach life. And in a way, we have so many idols. We don't call them idols, but they are idols, right? And so God's calling us to be his people in the midst of all this noise, all this chaos so my best way to summarize Romans is when we when we did the talk, grace rebels, right? That he that he saves you, snatches you out of the world. Now he says, now be a rebel to the world. Don't conform any longer to the ways of the world. But be transformed by renewal of your mind. Then you'll be able to attest and approve what is my pleasant, perfect, and good will. But I only do that when grace has really invaded your soul and permeated you in such a way that you're like, I don't want what the world has anymore. My wife and I were talking about this yesterday. I'm like, <laughs> we were having dinner. We were like the world is boring to us. Because none of that stuff is appealing. Right. Once you have grace, once you understand what God has done for you, you know, we were like, man, we're having a great time right now having this dinner, but some people are restless because they haven't found that peace wow. yet that surpasses understanding that the world cannot give you. you know? So to me, Romans was about helping us understand that we can live the, the God grace for us in a society that's losing their mind, but if we do it right, they want what we have. Right.
0: Right. And that's where change really begins to happen.
1: Like the only way to rebel is by submitting to Jesus. It's the only rebellion left. Think about it, right? What else is there? Like, like I said, when we did Romans, back in the days, you know, the rebel was the dude with, with the motorcycle, the tattoos. You know, he had the leather jacket on. You know, he was the cool dude. Now you look around, you're like, that's everybody. <laughs> you know what I mean? So the only thing left to rebel against is this boring, mundane way of living where everybody's doing the same exact things. I make fun of the youth all the time. I'm like, y'all, y'all say you're original, but y'all look the same. Y'all slurring your words. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can't even open your mouth to talk. You know, you guys wear the same stuff. You talk the same way, act the same way. That's not rebellion. That's conforming. Right. right? Rebellion is, can you go to your school and, and be yourself? You know, be your true self. Amen you know i i think that's the only way to really be free is to be your true self right i encourage my kids all the time be your true self the real you is who you are when no one's watching you that's the real you be that
0: amen amen so what would you say to the person who has been trying to do all the right things but they seem to see no progress in their life maybe they started off the year believing god for more but They've experienced pain, loss, heartbreak, and it seems that life has just been more of the same. Maybe they're even dreading going into this next year. What would you say to that person?
1: Christianity, I think Eugene Peterson said it best. It's a long obedience in the same direction. Right? You have to graduate from what God can do for you than just wanting Him. I think that's where a lot of us are still hung up on. We still have a God that we created. I think Pascal said it best. Pascal Pascal said, God created us in his image and then we return the favor. We want a God in our image the way we want him, Mm. right? But the reality is, God never said that he's going to answer all your prayers, right? He never said that things are going to go your way, right? But he's faithful to stick with you and to continue to mold you and shape you in his image and likeness if you can graduate from just wanting what he can give you to wanting him for himself. So you're going to make progress and you're going to have you're going to have setbacks, right? Two steps forward, three back. The key, though, is to not give up. We always say, make progress 1% of the time, right? Each and every day. If I'm, I wake up every morning, my first thought every morning is, Jesus, you woke me up, so this day, let's do it together. I belong to you. I want your will. I want your purpose. And I go to the Word. I've been doing the same thing for over 20 years, and it sets the pace for my day-to-day. I don't hear God every day. I don't have to. I'm just in that reality every single day if I position myself in that. Every year has ups and downs. Like we've we've had some challenges this year as a church. We've had many things happen that I would not want to happen. And then, listen, on my sabbatical, we had crises happening in the church, you know? And I came back to some very heavy things that we had to deal with. But the reality is God empowers you to deal with them when you stay with him, when you connect with him, when you abide in him. So I think it's about just graduating and stop thinking that things are gonna go your way. Here's another thing I wanna say. You have to make peace with the reality that we're not in heaven. We live behind enemy lines. Right. So it's a warfare. So strap up every day, put on the full armor of God, cause you're going to war every single day. You know?
0: and we're a community we need to do it together I think a lot of times we can pursue Jesus on our own but not together and that's who he came for a community well
1: remember we just went through 11 months in the book of Romans and the, the, that book was divided into two halves right the first half was about our relationship with God and then the second half was about how we relate to one another which is such a critical part of what we are as a church the body of Christ we need each other Right? One of the struggles that we have in America is we're fighting against the American gospel, which is me, myself, and I. Right? And it's never going to get you as far as where God can take you with other people around you. Right. So we have to buy into the mindset of a community. Right? Because without that, we won't be able to see the fullness of God's will. See, God said from the beginning in Genesis that it's not good for mankind to be alone. Right, And so he starts with what? Creating families. And so with families comes not just support, but accountability, right? And then the, the family of God is supposed to be that for us. And so when you're not connected to the body, then something is missing, you know what I mean? What would you say to someone who is having physical issues in their body? And, and if, if part of their body is doing something abnormal, you would say, that body is dysfunction, right. right? There's dysfunction going on. So the same thing with a believer who is not connected to a body. Of believers, So the local church is so powerful because of that strength in numbers, but also there's accountability, there's challenges, there's inspiration. But you understand at the end of the day that I'm not alone in this. I have a group of people around me that we can rally together. One of the f- things that I, I hope we buy into in 2024 is this reality that, listen, we're supposed to do this together. What is the first thing that Jesus does when he begins his ministry? He prays an entire night for God to reveal to him the guys that he was gonna do life with he spent all night praying to pick 12 guys to go on a journey with him if the Son of God needed that right. how much more do we need that when he goes to the garden what does he do he shows extreme vulnerability in the garden he says hey guys pray with me I'm trouble right now I'm, I'm struggling with about to happen please watch him pray with me he's showing you the power of community and being vulnerable to say, man, I need help right now. I need support right now. And the worst thing that could happen to us is to do life alone. We're seeing a crisis in our society of loneliness, right? COVID just jacked up so many people. Mental health issues went through the roof. Why? Because we're not meant to be isolated. When we're isolated, we lose. And the enemy loves to isolate us to pick us off. So the worst thing to do is to isolate yourself. The more you're feeling like, I need to be alone, the more you need to go the other way and say, I need to be in community, I need to be around people that's gonna help me. Amen, amen.
0: So what is steering in your spirit? What is exciting you for what is God is gonna do in 2024?
1: Exactly this, You know, my prayer is we buy into community, right? We want to have a deeper understanding of our small groups, which is our crews in 2024, right? And I want, my prayer is that it could be a small reflection of what Jesus did. Where people can pick their own crews so they can do life together. That we're not making you sign up for a crew. That you're creating your crew, right? And you're saying like, hey, I'm for you, you're for me. Let's help each other get home with Christ, right? Let's just do this together. So that's my goal. But here's the thing. We're struggling because we have a good problem. Our church is growing so much that we don't have enough small groups. And right now, we're way behind the amount of small groups we need to be able to accommodate the amount of growth that we're seeing. So I'm going to take this moment and challenge some people in this room because I, I always say this, you heard me say this, everything we need is in the house. Amen. The key is, though, will you step up to fill that void? So right now, we are short 30 small groups which means we need 30 people to step up and say, God, I wanna be a small group leader. I wanna open up my heart, I wanna open up my home, I wanna open up my abilities to be able to see others come to, come to faith and, and grow. The problem with growth is this. The problem with growth is you look around, you think everything is good. That's not true. Just because someone is in the room doesn't mean everything is good, right? And so the challenge that we're facing right now is we are growing but we don't have enough people to help with the growth. So tonight, would you consider being one of those people that can step up and say, you know what, I will lead a small group. Listen, the first thing you hear when I say that, people say, but I'm not qualified. Neither am I, neither is he. God qualifies the one he calls. So, it's a simple prayer, Lord, here I am, send me, right? So tonight, I believe that you could be the answer to someone's prayer. See, we're always praying; like we're always asking God to uh, to bless our prayers, to answer our prayers. But Jesus has a prayer too. Jesus said, "The harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few." He said, "Pray for God to send more workers into the harvest." Which means, hey, you want God to answer your prayer? How about you answer God's prayer and become Amen. a worker in His kingdom? Amen. And I would put you on the spot and say, hey, stop praying and start activating your faith and actually being a blessing. Because this whole thing about coming to church week after week but not doing anything with it, that's a life in the pit of hell. We're supposed to be activating our faith and helping others come to faith in Jesus Christ. So tonight, I hope it's not just about, you know, we came and did that thing, but I hope God is stirring your heart right now to say, hey, what about you? You're going to step up? and be a leader can you open your heart can you open your your house can you open your ability to see more people come to faith because god is sending people but we need workers to help these people come to know him on a deeper way Amen. so i hope we have 30 people right now in this room who would step up and say count me in i want to be a small group leader do i have 30 people in this house that would say come in i want to be a small group leader man